you are valued and you're cared for, that you're loved, and we are glad that you are here. Um, Billy, if you would grab that. Um, we are going to give a gift to all women, whatever your title is this morning. And so we ask that you would receive this. Zoe, Isaiah, would you guys help me out here? And the kids are going to pass out flowers to all the moms, so please take it. Okay, in the back, Billy's coming with the flowers. Zoe, go ahead and start grabbing some and find all the ladies. All right? Start grabbing them and run around and pass out flowers. All right, here they come. Go ahead and start, guys. Just grab them. Start grabbing them and handing them out. Claire's going to help too, so... All right? Just grab them and find some ladies. Claire, can you grab a flower? Can you grab a flower and give it to your mama? There you go. Grab a handful and go find. Go find some mamas. Okay? Do I get one? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, start handing them out. We're going to be here till lunch. All right. Oh, be watching. We got little little ones trying to... Good job. There's some up here. Who else? There's one right here. There's one right there. Raise your hand. That way, maybe this will go... This will go easier. Raise your hand, ladies. Raise your hand. Here's some right... Okay. Grab a bunch. We're, this is really going to take longer than we thought. Grab two or three, because we got lots of ladies. All right. It is right down here. Good job, Claire. Good job. Find those ladies and hand them a flower. Oh. Good job. Yeah, right? This is taking way longer. You're cutting into my sermon. Come on, let's go. All right, I'm going to help here. We got lots of mamas over here. Let's come over here, guys. Do we get everybody over there? There you go. Claire, right here. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, mamas. Raise your hand. Claire, here's another one. Did you get yours? Happy birthday. All right, we got we got a couple more. Here. Okay. All right. There's Miss Gloria. Miss Gloria needs one too. Dorothea, did you get one? Susie, did you guys get yours? Okay. Did you get yours? Okay. All right. All right. So once, did everybody get a flower? Everybody? Okay. Yep. All right. Kiddos, you can go to class. Miss Claire, you can go back to class. Go give it to Miss Gloria. Okay. Thank you, Isaiah, Zoe, and Claire. I have mine up here, buddy. 
Okay. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time for that. All women, we celebrate all women. Um, We have a Mother's Day video, so let's watch this. We are moms who are pouring ourselves into our children every hour of every day. We are grandmothers who are also playing the role of primary caretaker. We are moms who are waiting to have children and trying our best to see the struggle through the eyes of God. We are moms who are learning the challenges of a blended family. We are moms in the workplace who are trying our best to balance competing expectations and demands. We are moms with adult children who are leaving our homes to pursue their own dreams. For packing lunches late at night. For cleaning out their backpacks, then filling them again. For offering gentle guidance to your own grown children. For becoming taxi drivers and appointment schedulers. For making sure the right baby doll is in their arms before they go to sleep. For helping them pay back their student loans. For cleaning and sterilizing and cooking. For doing their laundry and his laundry and our laundry. For praying and loving and forgiving and falling down and rising to your feet again. For the mom who is overworked and exhausted. For the mom who seems to spend a million hours on a million little things. For the mom who pours Jesus into her family as best she can. And God himself not only celebrates what you do, but rejoices over the uniqueness of who you are. You are seen, and you are loved without limits. Welcome to Mother's Day. Well, would you turn to someone next to you and say, you are loved? Well, again, I am excited to share with you this morning... Um, Jeremy and I originally had planned on, he would speak on Mother's Day and I would speak on Father's Day, but scheduling things came up and so, um, you're stuck with me today, but I thought, who better to talk on Mother's Day than an overqualified mom of six whole years, um, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share with you from my heart, um, as a mama, but as a child of God, most importantly. Um, I'm excited because we're going to continue our series, Loving Like Jesus, and, We just thought Mother's Day and love kind of go hand in hand. And so it's the perfect time, kind of like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. So my title this morning is Love Does. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I stole that title. Okay? Just honest, honesty is the best, right? One of my favorite people, authors, speakers, social justice advocate, um, Jesus follower, is a guy by the name of Bob Goff. Does anybody know Bob Goff? Okay, he is amazing. Um, He is a lawyer, and I know that usually that disqualifies people from being pretty amazing just right off the top. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. (laughs) Anyway, he's a lawyer down in San Diego, and he decided some uh, years ago that he would kind of journal some of his musings on his adventures with God. And he wrote a book. 
He, like I said, is a social justice advocate. He started a nonprofit specifically for um, combating injustices for kids, towards kids. Um, he started a school in Africa. He travels around, and pretty much if anyone invites him to speak, he will come, however big, however small. He's just a really neat guy. Um, some would call him a motivational speaker, but I don't want you to picture in your mind like the 80s motivational speaker with the bad suit and the chains and like three tips to a healthier life or how to be successful, like not that type of motivational speaker. More like the person you're having dinner with and you go into the living room and they just start telling stories and they're funny and they're interesting and then all of a sudden they hit you back upside the head with like a Jesus moment. That's how Bob Goff is. We had the opportunity to hear him speak a number of years ago. Never heard from him again. Kind of like looking at your list of speakers at a conference. Like, who's this guy? Oh, he wrote a book. Okay, we're going to listen to his book. He blew us away. He blew everybody away. Because he's not a typical Christian. He's one of those people that happen to love Jesus and do amazing things and is funny and interesting along the way. So... He wrote this book called Love Does, and I thought, as we're going through this love like Jesus, um, this was, this was, I just finished reading it a couple months ago, and I've read, reread it, and I've marked in it and highlighted, I don't know if you guys do that in your books, and it's just stuck with me. So as I was preparing for this week, I kind of filtered things through some of the things that he said, very profound things. Um, and the Bible. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But since it's a gift, it's Mother's Day, and it's kind of a day we give gifts, um, I'm going to do some giveaways. So we have three books, um, two Love Does, and then he just um, wrote a new one called Everybody Always. And it's, they're fantastic. And so I'm going to give away three books this afternoon, or this morning. Um, and I think we'll do that right now. We'll, um, I wrote everybody's name down earlier and then double-checked that they were all here, that drew them out of a hat. And so the first person who gets their fresh, unmarked copy of Love Does is um, Bethany Clark. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. You're welcome. So I'm going to read um, excerpts, a little excerpt from it a little bit later, but that's where we are. So let's jump in. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to start with one chapter in verse 5, verse 8. And it says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love this verse for so many different reasons. You probably do too. But I want to kind of take a look at it. So straight away it's clear that the Bible is telling us that God loves us, right? It says that. But it's not just God sitting up in heaven, looking down and saying, I care for them, or turning to Jesus and kind of saying, don't we have much affection for these beings here on earth? No. It says that God loved us so much that he was moved to action. That's the heart of the idea of love does. It's so much more than just thinking and pondering and musing 
and daydreaming, it moves us to do something. Give, uh, Bob, in his book, Love Does, give, has a quote that says, Give away love like you're made of it. Give away love like you're made of it. And I love that statement because if you think of it, to be made of something means you have an unlimited supply of it, right? It doesn't matter how much you give away, you're always going to have more. And if there's anything that we have an unlimited supply of, it's God's love. It doesn't matter where we go or what we do, God's love is unlimited. It is overflowing. We pretty much swim in it, okay? We're swimming all the time, whether we recognize it or not, in his love. And so that should, kind of that thought that it's unlimited, it's overflowing, it's all around us, should cause us to want to give it away, to be compelled to give it away, not to keep it all up. Because remember like with the manna, they, they collected it all, but they couldn't store it. It wasn't like a long-term plan. It was like right now. So like I have love right now. Well, I, I don't want to give it away because I might need it tomorrow. Well, guess what? Tomorrow you get more love. So you might as well give it away because it's just like that, ever end, that never-ending cup. Um, Love doesn't just think about it, it actually does it. So your first point this morning we're going to look at is love does require presence and sacrifice. Love does require presence and sacrifice. And by, by presence, the definition of that that I'm talking about this morning is being at the same time. Okay, being at the same time. That means like sharing space right? Physical proximity, close physical proximity, being with someone, that face-to-face interaction, being with someone. And then by sacrifice, that's the act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or more worthy. So love does ask us to be with and give up something for the person that we're showing love to. So we can all pause for a moment and kind of think through, think back on our lives of someone that embodies this, someone who is present with us, who sacrifices with us or for us. For a lot of people, that could be your mom. A mom, an I- the ideal picture of a mom when we think back, whether yours fits this mold or where, whether you fit this mold, kind of the word mom just embodies that sacrificial constantly doing constantly providing, constantly sacrificing. God has given women this immense heart to nurture and to love and to take care of. And so love does, is kind, mom is kind of a physical representation of that love does, that love doer. Presence and sacrifice is a lot of times hard for us. If we are truly going to love, be love doers, then we have to be all in. So what type of things are we talking about? Well, sacrificing our own personal comforts, our own personal agendas, our own wants, our own needs, our own desires. This type of love that I'm talking about is not for sissies. It's not the sit on the sidelines and just watch it happen and occasionally step in. This is jumping in the deep end and seeing what happens. You know, most of us talk a pretty good game, right? 
oh, sure, Jesus, yeah, Sunday morning, I'm sitting in church. I will follow you anywhere. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. And then he asks us to step out, and we start following. We are good. We are, I'm on this. I'm with you, Jesus. And we follow him right up to the edge of our comfort zone. And then we stop. Because it was all good back here. Yep, I'm all in. Let's do I got the bumper sticker. I got my WWJD bracelet on. I am in this to win this, right? Let's go. Grabbing my friends, and then we stop. Wait a minute. That over there, I'm not so comfortable with. Back here. Let's do it back here. It's not what he calls us to do. To be a love doer, you have to follow, even into our comfort zones. So I want to challenge you this next week. As you're thinking about being a love doer, as we go through the rest of this message, where is he calling you to go, but you're reluctant to take that next step? Is it in a relationship? Is it in taking a risk somehow? Just kind of examine your own hearts and see if he's calling you someplace and see if you can take that next step. Point number two, love does launch others forward. Love does launch others forward. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, I mean that we should be for people more than we are against people. Could you agree with that statement? We should be for people more than against. To be cheerleaders and encouragers. Because this world needs far more encouragers than it does about anything else. Have you ever received a note an encouraging note from someone, email, a text, a handwritten, those are gold now, a handwritten card that just, hey, great job on this, or man, God really moved in this, or something. I, I just received one, and I felt like after I read it that I was like 10 feet tall, that I could take on the world, because someone had taken the time to encourage my heart, and it was amazing. Now, being encouragers... There's kind of the easy way, kind of the shallow end of the pool way. Like, hey, nice haircut, or ooh, I like your shoes. That's encouraging, right? That's encouraging. But what we're talking about this morning is encouragement is shared with the hopes that it will lift someone's heart towards God. So it's, that's the deep end of the pool, that we're encouraging someone in Christ. Not just, hey, you look good today, but are my words lifting them? That's what we're talking about. In Colossians 4, 8, it says, I have sent you to him for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that, may he, and that he may encourage your hearts. See, this points out the evidence of grace in another's life to help them see that God is using them. It points to a person's promise, or it points to a person to God's promises that assures them that all they face is under his control, is under his care. So this is a pretty tough world to live in most of the time. I think we can all agree upon that. There, it seems like at every turn, there's always someone that is trying to tear you down, trying to belittle you, trying to hold you back. That's where being a love doer can make all the difference to those that are around us. If we live our lives looking for ways to launch others forward, then it's not a life just about me. It's not a self-centered view and approach 
to living. If we instead look around to others, how I can meet your needs, how can I help you fulfill your dreams, how I can help launch you forward, if we were all doing that, taking our eyes off of ourself and instead start looking around to our circles, the world would be a different place, don't you think? You know, when Jeremy and I first came and visited, and we got to meet some of you, and we, we um, walked around, and, and we were just praying and, and trying this out to see if this is Fonacci, and specifically Foothills was a place for us to come. We immediately were, were just struck by the mentors that are sitting in, this, in these chairs right now, that the amount of and that life experience, the deeply rooted knowledge and love and relationship with God, that combination blew us away. Because you guys are not afraid to share who God is in you and what he's done through you. And so as we were talking, as we left and we were talking, it was like, man, if we could go there, we have struck gold. Because the mentors, that's what this world needs, is mentors. You are, I, I know a lot of you, I've, we've talked with a lot of you, you're already mentors in people's lives, whether mentoring your kids, your neighbors, coworkers, just various different places. And we are so proud of that because you're investing in them. You are loving them, you are encouraging them, and you're launching them forward. And that's what we want to be about. Um, I know I mentioned it and talked a lot about the Grace House and what we're going to do with them, but this is part of that, launching others forward. This is the opportunity for us to gather around a group of women and, and kids and babies and really say to them, we are here for you. We want to be with you. We want to be, you know, that close proximity, and we want to help you succeed. Um, our hope is that as we invest our time and our money, and our resources, and ourselves in them, that after they leave that Saturday, that they feel 10 feet tall. That whatever challenges they are met with, they are met with a straight back and a, a head held high because they know that someone is with them. Ultimately, that someone is Jesus Christ. But it is the awesome opportunity of us to be those hands and feet and faces and encouraging hearts. So stay tuned again for more of how we can get involved in that. All right, so you've stuck with me so far, so I'm going to give you another book away, and this time it is to, and I really hope that you read, but I'm pretty sure you do, Sherry Rayburn. You're welcome. All right, let's jump into point number three. The last one was Colossians 4, 8. Yep, point number three says, love does say yes. Yes, no, maybe, I'll think about it. Uh, we're faced with dozens and dozens of decisions every day. Things people, places, events that we must say yes or no to. Yes, I'll have chicken for dinner. No, I won't have beef. Yes, I'll go to work today. No, I won't stay a minute after five. Yes, I'll call my sister today. No, I won't call my brother. 
yes, no, maybe, dozens and dozens of times a day, big decisions, little decisions, major decisions, mundane decisions. It's part of what makes living in America so amazing, right? We can walk into Target or Fred Meyers or Walmart and we are presented with products upon products for us to say yes or no to. You know, it's something that we learn pretty young. Yes to chocolate cake, no time of beans. <laughs> yes to playing board games, no to washing dishes. Yes and no are some of the first words that children learn. No is usually the first word <laughs> that they learn. <laughs> but you know, most of us in this room have probably said yes to God. We said yes to his sacrifice for us. We've invited him. We've said, yes, please come and reign over my life and my heart. But for some, there's a lot of people that they've said yes, but kept him at a distance. They like to do the churchy things, come in and worship, sing songs, do Bible studies, volunteer, give. But their yes is kind of at an arm's length. We need to say yes with our whole body, not with our mouths, but we need to say yes through our actions, with our feet, with our hands, with our time, with our money. We need to be jumping into that deep end of the pool so it's not just talking a good talk, but it's walking that good walk. If you read through the Bible about all the men and women who decided to say yes to God, you will find that first and foremost, it was always their choice. It was that free will that God gave them. Noah had the choice of building an ark or not building an ark. Moses stood before a burning bush and said yes to God, even though it placed him in great danger to have to return to Egypt. Mary said yes with her beautiful answer of, my soul magnifies the Lord. The disciples said yes, even though it meant deprivation, danger, and persecution. We recall the story from the book of Matthew. It says, as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he watched two brothers, Simon, known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. They said yes, even though it meant leaving everything behind. So how does that particularly apply to us? Well, be prepared, be ready, and be available. I think that's what those disciples on the shore that day, they were prepared to just leave it all behind. They were ready because they walked away, and they were available. If we are love doers that are looking for ways to say yes to God, then we need to leave space in our lives to do that. We can't be so busy that God asks us to step out and do something, and we say, uh, sorry, I missed your call. Please leave a message. Beep. So besides leaving space in our days to say yes, we need to leave room in our lives. And that's a little different. If we have so much stuff that all we have time to do in a day is to manage our stuff and to rearrange our stuff and to move our stuff around, then we're too busy to respond to that call that God will have for us. When I was 21, I had the opportunity 
to backpack Europe. We had had a foreign exchange student some years before from Germany, and he had always talked about and invited us to come to Germany and be with him. And so the opportunity arose. I was in between semesters at college, and so I saved up, and I went to Germany. And I was not a person before that trip that could even call and order a pizza on the phone. I was super um, embarrassed, and I didn't like to really talk in front of people, which is funny, right? And um, so the thought of me traveling halfway across the, the world by myself um, shocked everybody I knew. But I, I jumped on a plane, and I went, and um, I packed this ginormous suitcase. It was huge. It was all this stuff that I deemed super important and that I could not live without on this, this summer in Europe, right? Well, after about a month of traveling around, uh, just in Germany, I asked to borrow our um, Michael, our foreign exchange student's backpack, and it was a tiny little backpack. I stuffed the things that I decided, this is actually the stuff that I can't live without, and I'm going to cart around on my back everywhere I go. So I got on a train, and I took off. I once again by myself went to Spain, went to France, went to Italy, went to Austria, went to Switzerland, and just traveled around, and it was amazing. But about three or four days in of carrying all of my stuff on the back, on a train, getting on and off, walking around cities, seeing amazing things, I sort of did uh, a little gut check. Do I really need all of this stuff? It was weighing me down. I was tired, and I didn't want to go and do and see because I had too much stuff that I was carting around. So I bought a box, and I shipped three-quarters of it back home to the States. That was amazing. My pack was no longer so heavy, but I was footloose and fancy-free. It allowed me to go and do more, to be more spontaneous, because I wasn't weighted down with all of my stuff. And the side note was, I had a lot more room for souvenirs in my backpack. <laughs> so find ways to pare down your overstuffed, busy, hectic schedules and lives. Find ways for you to say yes to God and be ready, be available, and see where that's going to take you. Well, our last point this morning is love does leak Jesus. Yep, that says leak. Love does leak Jesus. And I want to give one more book away as we head into this last point, um, I am about halfway through this book, and it is as fantastic as love does is. And so um, I hope, Elena, that you will enjoy this as well. All right. So love does leak Jesus. I'm going to read a little portion because... Um, you know, I didn't write it down now that I think about it and I didn't tell you. So that is, an, uh, you can go on a little detective hunt and find that verse when you, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's exactly where he was walking along and called the disciples. So I apologize for not making note of that. I missed that in my notes. So, all right. So I'm going to read you a little bit because I love the way that, um, this is kind of Bob's thoughts, and it just has stuck with me and reverberated in my heart. So he says, one of my favorite teachers of all time wasn't a professor or a writer or even a religious leader. It was a car I owned. Specifically, it was a fire engine red Jeep. 
so jacked, so high, you could pull a groin getting into it. It had a roll bar with a fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher strapped to it. This Jeep was all guy, a gear and metal manifesto of testosterone. If I could have installed seats made of beef jerky, I would have. <laughs> a year or two ago, I was driving home from church. A car came darting out of a side street. It crashed into the side of my Jeep and caught me on the front of the driver's side wheel. I didn't have time to react. I couldn't swerve or reach for the fire extinguisher, nothing. I didn't even have time to call out to God. The Jeep started to barrel roll, and I went flying like someone was playing cornhole with my body. I'd like to say I had my seatbelt on, but I didn't. Sorry, Mom. I was thrown out of the roof of the Jeep like a bullet from a rifle. I regained my senses sitting upright on the asphalt. My arms propped up behind me like I was watching a ball game at the park on a summer day. The Jeep was upside down 30 feet away, and the engine was racing like a phantom foot had the pedal on the floor. Oil and gas were everywhere. Because I'm a guy, I had one thought. Blow up. Please blow up. Okay, it's a guy thing. Maybe I really wanted to just use the fire extinguisher. Alas, the Jeep did not explode. Maybe next time. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. This is where it gets really good. Even though the Jeep was totaled, I bought it back from the insurance company for a couple thousand dollars and put more red paint on it. It definitely had issues. It pulled to the left for starters. I don't mean a little to the left. I mean big time left. If I needed to make a, left, a hard left turn into the driveway from the street, now all I had to do was just hit the brakes. Second, wherever I parked the Jeep in the driveway, it would leave a little puddle of oil behind. I'm no mechanic, but I get it. This car had been ridden hard. It had been in a terrible collision. No wonder it leaked. There were other glitches too, little things that only an owner would notice. Truth is, I wasn't really bothered by all this. The Jeep, despite its new handicap, new handicaps was way cooler, tougher, and more charming. It had a story. Before, it just looked like it, every other Jeep. It looked like it was ready for a story. But now, it actually had one. And that story made it leaky. I know it sounds goofy, but I want to be like that Jeep. I want to leak from having been hit by Jesus. From having something crazy happen to me. Something that flipped my life upside down. I've met people like that. People who leak Jesus. Whenever you're around them, they just leak. Jesus keeps coming up with words and with actions. I don't suppose everybody gets hit by Jesus, but those of us who have talk about him differently. We start seeing funny, we start leaking where we stand, and it's because we got thrown from our lives in a terrific collision. Do you know someone who leaks Jesus? Have you ever been around anybody you can, you can identify with what I'm talking about when I say leaks Jesus? They can't help it. Their words and actions just leak out of them, and they leak Jesus. I would say that for most people that leak Jesus, they're survivors, like Bob. They have survived something traumatic, and it left them different. Because when we weather a storm... You get a little banged up and beat up, don't you? You come out a little tougher, a little wiser. And for 
followers of Jesus, hopefully most of the time you come out a little bit more dependent. You smell a little bit more like him because you've spent time in his presence. It's like the fear of rejection of what others are going to say or what the world or what our society demands from us is overcome by the gratitude of grace that we feel. That whatever we've just walked through, spending time with Jesus, we just leak him. People who leak Jesus are unashamed. As a people pleaser, most of the time it's a pretty good thing. Um, I like to give comfort. I like to encourage others and make them feel comfortable. But there's the dark side to that, where there's times where I compromise at the sake of maybe hurting someone's feelings or offending them. Um, My life verse is Romans 1, 16. And it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. And I love that word, the beginning of that, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, 16. So I think that I made this my life first because I needed to be reminded that above all, I need to leak Jesus. I need to not be ashamed. I need to not worry so much about other people and pleasing other people, but pleasing God. So I'm a recovering people pleaser. Maybe you're experiencing or have experienced in your past some sort of traumatic collision. Maybe your world has been flipped upside down. You get to choose. You can pretend everything's good, nothing to see here, move along, right? You can put up that mask, the facade, everything's pretty. You can add another brick and build that wall just a little bit higher so no one can quite see in. Or you can be leaky. You can be unashamed. You can be real and authentic and messy. It's your choice. So being a love doer is a big job. It requires from us to be more than just consumers of God's love. It asks us to risk a little, to adventure a little. It asks us to believe in others and speak life to them. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the fair-weather fans. It's not a short-term diet. It is a lifestyle change. Loving like Jesus means we need to spend time with him through his word right here through gathering and fellowship, through the worship, through just leaning in and choosing to be present with him, to be with, close proximity, face-to-face. That way, um, when the opportunity comes, you're ready. You're prepared. You're available Being a love-does kind of person means we're excited to take risks, 
because God is right next to us. He's got our backs, and he's gone before us. Um, being a love doer is more than, I mean, I know I used this book this morning, but it, it's just more. It's waking up in the morning and saying, I want more. I am not content to go through this world and just consume anymore. Consume friendships without being a friend. To consume wisdom and learning and love and not in turn give that back to someone. This world is harsh, but it can start in our circles, in our community, to look a little different. If we decide this isn't just a sermon, it's not just a book, it's not just some guy, but it is a call on our lives to choose to be different. We can't make you, but we can invite you. You can invite each other in however that looks for you. If you're like, there is no way that I'm heading to Africa on a missions trip, then don't. Head down somewhere on the avenue. Lots of opportunities. The Grace House, you can go and just hang out with kids so moms have time to do a Bible study or go on a job interview or take a nap or take a shower. That is a practical way that you have stepped outside of your comfort zone, your needs, your agenda to say, I value you, I love you. If you love to cook or garden or sew, find a way to do that that teaches someone else. I can't sew to save my life. But if someone had a class... I could go. Others could go. You are imparting the things that God has placed within you. So you make it as big as you want. Let's go to Africa. That's awesome. Or you make it baby steps. This is where I'm going to start. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go talk to this person. I'm going to reconcile with this person over here. Just Take the time. Don't close your Bibles, put your notes away, and then go back to the way life was. God has so much more for us. Do you agree? Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for this morning, and I just pray that today is a line in the sand, that how we came in that we leave differently, that our capacity to love, to risk, to adventure has been expanded, that we choose to see things differently, that if, if we're hurting, that we don't walk through these doors with our mask firmly in place and answer the question of how are you today? Fine, I'm fine, I'm good. That if we're hurting, we reach out to our community and we're messy and we're authentic and we're hurting because then we have the opportunity to gather around and lift up and to encourage and to launch others forward. God, as we go about this week, unpack the things in our hearts that maybe we've tried to keep hidden, maybe we've forgotten about dreams and goals and visions 
unpack those this week so that we may get excited, that we may step out, that we may not just stop at the edge of our comfort zones, but we would begin to move in and take over the places that you have asked us to go. We know we don't walk alone. God, thank you for all those that are here that you have in just poured your love and your grace and your mercy in. Help us to abundantly pour that out. That as we leave this building this morning, that the cars driving by on mission are blinded by the shining faces of those that have met with God this morning and that are reflecting the love for this world. Help us to be brave and be courageous. Help us to be joy-filled to be for more than we're against. Father, go before us. Help us to grow and to stretch, but remind us that we are loved and valued and cherished, that you see us right where we are, that you number the hairs on our heads and you call us friend, that you call us sons and daughters. Father, we thank you so much for all that you have blessed us with. And we just, again, praise you. May you be at the center of our heart. We love you and we thank you. And everyone said, amen. 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 Amen.